0: My name is John Cook, and I get the great privilege to be the pastor over care and counseling here at the Mount. And uh, it is a joy to be here with you today. I uh, earlier this—I I think it was—it was either early this week or the very end of last week. Uh, I've slept since then, so things disappear out of my mind often. All right, there's like five of you that understand that, right, Jim? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> No, but uh, I was walking through the parking lot uh, after getting a cup of coffee, duh, and um, this guy that has been coming here for, I don't know, two or three months, something like that, and he was walking towards me, and I was like, dad, how are you? Game went out and gave him a big hug, and uh, his girlfriend was there, and he's introducing me to her, and he goes, remember the, the, the pastor I told you that was really obnoxious? Yeah, this is him. This is the guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So all of a sudden I realized, okay, maybe that's a blind spot. Maybe there's some self-awareness thing that I need to be aware of. I want to talk to you today about judging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> How many of y'all watch the, uh, the, the, you know, watch the TV, you see those progressive commercials? Oh, I love these things about, you know, for those of us that are turning into our parents. Okay. All right. That one, if you come to my office, uh, you'll know that I have two, way too many pillows, okay? I have way too many pillows, yeah? Um, I, I need help with, uh, I was at Best Buy the other day trying to find the right USB. By the way, did you know there's like five different USB connections? Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm just showing my age now, all right? And those of you that said, oh, yeah, yeah, you just showed your age, okay? Yeah, so... Um, but at uh, Best Buy, and, and, and I finally found what I needed, all right? And very excited about that. Uh, but the, this, this whole thing about the progressive thing, I have become my parents, all right? My favorite commercial of that so far that I've seen is the field trip to the home improvement store. Yeah. All right, guys, you know that I'm going with this, okay? There's the guys standing around, and then the young dude that walks by with the blue hair, And the guy goes, we all see it. We all see it. And of course, the one guy that just can't control himself, blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Two months ago, I'm at Home Depot, the the exact same scenario is there. I'm in the paint aisle looking for something, and this kid walks by, and he has blue hair. And uh, there was another guy that kind of gave him this look, and I couldn't help but say it, we all see it, we all see it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's amazing how we can, just off simple glances and stuff like that, we're going to make a judgment, we're going to make a decision. Hey, on a fun side, let me play a game with you real quick, okay? Fun side. If I say Washington football team or Cowboys, you've made a judgment, haven't you? By the way, are there any more Washington football team fans? There's one, two, three, seven, eight. Okay, good. There we go. All right, yeah. And so some of you have already made value judgments about me. So, yeah, that's okay because I've judged you as well. So um, what about this? And this happens in households. This is important stuff here. Okay, toilet paper, top or bottom? Thank you. Any bottom feeders here? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, here's one for uh, <laughs> for guys who are just a l- wound a little too tight. Cereal bowls. Top rack or bottom rack in the dishwasher? Oh. Top. Okay, there we go. All right. Good. We're all like-minded people. There we go. Okay, all right. Now, let me get a little bit serious here and see how quick it is that we start judging, okay? Fox or CNN? In the eight o'clock service, in the eight o'clock service, I had somebody said, neither, and I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, Republican or Democrat? Hey, don't, careful, careful. People are judging you left and right, whichever way you go on this. Trump or Biden? Yeah. Here we go. Here's ones that are still, and it's crazy how this has become a political thing. It really has. Mask or no mask? Yeah, yeah. And then the, and then the new one here, yeah, I like that choice. The new one is shot or no shot. And it's become a political football that's being run with. And what we're doing is if you say one or the other, you're totally discarded. You're measured up and you're cast off. It's crazy. It's crazy how we do this. And so this morning, I'm serious about what I talk to you about that I want to talk about. um, What is it that I wanted to talk to you about? Yeah, judgment. There it is. (laughs) I want to talk to you guys about judgment. That's exactly what I want to do because it is, it's divisive. And so, we're going to look at Matthew chapter seven, and I think it's so appropriate that we go to. I love the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, good night! I love the Sermon on the Mount. I'm telling you, if you read Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, it puts all of Scripture together. I really think it's the linchpin that holds, it helps explain some of the Old Testament, and everything in the New Testament kind of defines what Jesus was talking about in these three chapters. I, I really, really do. And there's this one part here that we're gonna look at about judgment. But it's not what you think it is. I think what we're gonna find here is the reality check in this. The reality check is that love requires more from us. Okay? Love requires more for us. And that's so that's the reality check. So if you've got your Bibles, I'm gonna ask that you open up to Matthew chapter seven. We're gonna be in verses one through five. All right. For those of the that you for let's try this again. Hey, for those of you online, we're so glad you're here with us. For those at our Fredericksburg campus, I'm really excited that you're with us. Open your Bibles, pay attention, take notes, okay? You Stafford folks, that's up to you, okay? No. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, here we go. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1. We all know this passage. We all have heard it, and it doesn't matter if you're in church, you're out of church, or whatever. You've even used it against somebody. You've had it used against you, and it's this. You ready? Do not judge. We know this one, right? We had no clue where it is in the Bible, but we know it's there. And there's a number of people, they know it's there, and they throw that out. But this is the idea. There's not a period after that. Jesus does not say, do not judge, period. What Jesus is doing is he's starting a conversation. He says, do not judge, comma, or you too will be judged. Ooh, okay. Now he's going to go on and he's going to even say this. In fact, let's do this. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let me ask you this. How many of you, how do you like to be judged? Don't you like it? Wouldn't you prefer, first of all, please, please, please judge me on my intentions, not my actions. I have something that is due every Friday by 12 o'clock. She gets it Saturday Saturday by 2 This week, I did much better. I got it to her by 2 o'clock on Friday. And I said, please judge me on my intentions, not my actions. And God love her. She said, I do. But under her breath, she's like, I don't. (laughs) I want, when you judge me, I really want you to know all of me. I want you to know all the circumstances with me. Now, I'm not going to tell you this, but I'm expecting you to be able to read my mind. I'm expecting you to understand that there are things, there are circumstances in my life that has brought me to this point. There are decisions that I've made. There's been things that have happened to me. There's schedules that I have to face and all of this. And that's how I want you to judge me, all right? And again, remember, judgment basically is I'm going to measure you up And you're either good or I cast you aside. And some of us are really good at this. I'm going to measure you up with your blue hair. Nope, I'm done with you. What? So remember, the way that I want to be judged, the way that you want to be judged, it's how it's going to be for you as well. Now, I will tell you, I don't believe that this is a command that Jesus is giving us. When we read this in context, I think he's just stating a a fact. A fact like this, like fish swim. Objects fall at 9.8 meters per second squared. It's called gravity. It's just a fact. Do not judge or else you will be judged. And the way that I judge people, guess what? It's coming back to me. And the measure that I use, it's the measure that's gonna to come to me. Now, I want you to envision, I want you, to, you know, this is gonna take some real serious mental work on your part, okay? I want you to imagine me 30 years younger with a full head of hair, okay? I never had the mullet, but it was getting close, okay? All right? Had highlights in it, but I never had the mullet, okay? I was confident walking on the beach. My tan. Now, some of you guys will understand that. It's band of tan. Does anybody remember that? I just showed my age, okay? There's only like 12 people here that know what that means. <laughs> Had a little muscular build to me. Feeling fairly confident. And I would sit in my beach chair and would people watch. And I'd pass judgment on people all the time. And what was really fun is that you could pick out the people from Wisconsin and Canada really easy. The people from Wisconsin were all a little overweight. They normally had a t-shirt with the sleeves cut off and they were red, I mean, they were bright red. And one of it was because of the heat, they're not used to it, and the other thing is their sunburn. Now, the folks from Canada, the only difference is they walked around in Speedos, okay? But it was the same thing. <laughs> But man, that's what I loved. I I loved to people watch and I would make decisions. And you know what? The measurement that I used back then, guess what? (laughs) I'm now the overweight red guy on the beach. (laughs) This is just a statement. It's just a fact that Jesus shares with us. But the real lesson is in these next four verses, okay? The real lesson that Jesus is, is in the next four verses because in those first two verses, Jesus is basically, he's saying when you, when you judge, he's saying y'all. It's a plural, okay? But starting in verse three, he's gonna drop it down to you singular. In other words, Jesus is speaking directly to you. Directly to me. So let's listen to this, okay? Verse three. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? So this is the, this is the story about the speck and the plank. This is the account about the speck and the plank. And I will tell you that Jesus is probably using hyperbole here. He probably has a little bit of a smile on his face when he's saying this because this idea of the plank, it's not like a two by four. It's not like a stick. It's a beam. It is like a rafter beam that is holding the roof up, okay? This is like a big six by six, eight by eight beam, okay? It's big. Now, I will tell you also that Jesus tells us to acknowledge that there's a speck in someone's eye. You can't help but see it sometimes. Remember in the parking lot? Say, hey, this is that obnoxious guy. He's kind of bouncy, he's all over the place. All right, all right maybe I need to calm it down a little bit. But that's not fun, yeah. <laughs> but maybe I need to just have some self-awareness. But there are other people that I'll see that we can see that have specks in their eyes, okay? But I have to also recognize that there is a plank in my eye. And the problem, and one of the reasons why I don't see the plank so often, many times, it's because it's been there for so long. I have learned to see past it. I have learned to look around it. And in my plank, this is one of the things that I can do also, is I can become really, really self-righteous. I can become really self-righteous. And I know I'm not the only one here. Now I'll tell you, self-righteousness boils down to this. It's ignorance and it's arrogance. It's ignorance and it's arrogance. And the reason why I can say this is because the next line, Jesus says this. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? See, Jesus clearly makes out that there's this idea that there's a brother. Now, I will tell you, within the context that Jesus is talking about here, I don't think, I don't believe that Jesus is saying a brother or sister in Christ. I don't believe it's just our blood brother, okay? But I do believe it is broader than, than, than just, you know, physical family brotherhood. Please understand that, that the audience that Jesus is speaking to at this time, he's talking to his disciples. His disciples get a front row seat to this. Okay? But then there's also a massive crowd. Now, yes, that crowd is primarily Jewish. But within that crowd, there are also Gentiles. Okay? And so I believe what Jesus is saying by this is those that are close to us, those whose lives intersect with ours, those that are within our sphere of influence. I think this is kind of a general brother statement, brother-sister statement. It's those that we interact with on a daily basis. So that could be our family, it could be our co-workers, it could be teammates, it could be classmates, it could be our physical brother or sister, okay? Moms, dads, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all of this. All of these people that are in my sphere of influence, And I think this is important because when you look at the latter part of this, verse 6, Jesus is going to say, don't cast your pearls, or he goes, do not give dogs what is sacred or throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample you under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. See, there's certain people that I don't get the opportunity to have these conversations with, okay? I cannot affect national policy. I cannot. The closest I will ever get to being in the White House and in the Oval Office is a friend of mine who's Secret Service. I'm not going to establish public policy, but I do have people in my life that I do have some influence in their life, and they have influence in my life. That's my sphere. Okay? And so Jesus is going to continue on in this. The people that are in your sphere of influence, you ready for this? He says, let me take the speck out of your eye. And again, I'm in verse four, but then I'm going to get down here to, to verse five. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own, own eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, you pretender. First, first, Jesus is saying, You have to recognize the plank in your eye. You have to recognize the plank in your own eye. What is the plank in your eye? It could be a number of things. It could be self righteousness, it could be ignorance, it could be arrogance, it could be just the idea that, well, it's not my problem. So I, it's not my issue. I, it's none of my business. I will tell you with people that are in our sphere of influence, guess what? It is your business. Let me give you guys a little help here. I think it is Genesis chapter 3. Cain has killed Abel. God is seeking out Cain. And he asked this question, or Cain actually asked this question to God. Am I my brother's keeper? Let me explain to you what the answer is on this one, okay? Yes. Yeah. Can I affect what that person does? No. Can I speak truth and love to that person? Absolutely. But I need to remove the speck from my eye, or the plank, plank, plank from my own eye before I get that privilege. And Jesus says first, remove the plank from your own eye. We're going to take a little detour here, and I want to kind of set this up for you a little bit. John chapter 13. You don't have to turn there because it's going to be on the screen. How convenient. Okay. John chapter 13, verse 34, a new command. Now, understand, Jesus is on the verge of death here. This is the night that he's being betrayed. It's right before they go to the Mount of Olives, where Jesus is gonna be in prayer. He knows the betrayal is coming. He has washed the disciples' feet, including Judas Iscariot, who is going to betray him. And Jesus gives this new command. He goes, "'A new command I give you, love one another. "'As I have loved you, so you must love one another. "'By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, "'if you love one another.'" Tell me that that is not countercultural. Tell me that that is not radical. Because how did Jesus love us? How does Jesus love? Complete, fully. He enters into our life, He enters into the believer through the spirit that indwells all believers. That's the love of Jesus. Jesus is willing to enter into my mess to our mess, to understand us and show us a way forward. This is what this passage is all about. The plank and the speck. I see the speck, but it's my responsibility to remove the plank, and then as Jesus is going to go on and say here in verse 5, first remove the plank from your eye, then... Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. For me to be able to remove the speck from someone else's eye, I have to enter into relationship with them. I have to understand who they are. Remember, how do you want to be judged? Understand me. Understand who I am. I have a responsibility to then understand who you are. Out of love, I want to enter in. And sometimes it's just sitting with someone. Sometimes it's asking the hard questions. Last service, one of my dear friends, one of my dear friends, Dennis Parks, loved this man. About Three, four years ago, he and I had the great privilege to be stuck in his truck for about two hours in traffic. Oh, my lands, it was one of the best two hours of my life. Because I said, Dennis, I grew up as a middle class, heterosexual, white male. What's it like to be a black guy? Wow. Now, I can't go back and fix all the things, but I understand him better. I have a dear friend of mine in high school. He's gay. He's openly gay. Known it for years. He's on the verge of getting married. Now, I will tell you this. Not a not, not a proponent of it. I've reached out to him and I said, listen, man, talk to me. I don't want to judge. It's not my place to judge. I don't get the privilege to decide who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. I don't have the authority to make those calls. And if I think I do, then I am self-righteous and I have put God in a box and said, God, I'll take care of this. You're fine, okay? You, sir. No, God, I really, I got this care. You, sir. You, ma'am. No. I reach out to him because I'm asking, explain to me, talk to me. Then, I understand you better. I don't have to agree with what you're doing. You don't have to agree with what I'm doing, but I don't measure you up and write you off. Then, then, I will see clearly to help you remove the speck from your eye. So I will tell you this, we are talked about, we are encouraged. We need to enter into relationships and we need to have those tough conversations with people. See, this is the reality check. This passage is all about love. This passage tells me that love requires more from me. Now, I will tell you, there's going to be three listeners in this audience today. Those of you here in Stafford, those of you online, and those at Fredericksburg, there's three listeners in this, okay? First listener is, you've measured up this, this message, you cast it away. I will tell you this right now, if that's you, your action step, you're ready for this? Repent. Repent. See, if I'm just going to write somebody off, I'm going to say you're dead to me, then I would question, has the depth of your sin broken your heart yet? There's a second listener here. Did they have measured up this, this message? And they're just going to walk away. Almost unsure what to do. Or better yet, to say, you know, it's just not my responsibility. I go back to that comment, who's your brother's keeper? I am. But see, we're afraid to enter into those hard conversations. anybody really, really like confrontation? Today, I get to punch somebody in the face. Yes. Oh, there's the one guy. Thank you. All right. I go back to the first point, okay? Yeah, no. I'm joking. I'm joking, friend. Okay? Listen, a lot of times that we don't do this, we don't enter into this, we don't have the hard conversation because we're afraid that we're going to mess it up. Okay? We're afraid that we're going to just totally goon this thing up. But let me tell you this, Proverbs 27, six. I love this, I love this, Proverbs 27, six. If you've ever met with me, I've probably told you this one time or another, all right? Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Enemies multiply kisses. Now, I will tell you, Proverbs is kind of like a punchline from a joke. You either get it or you don't, all right? I love this one. If I have taken the time to start removing the plank from my eye, to understand, to see what's going on with your life, to understand you, you understand that I am in this with you as much as I can be, all right, and I speak truth to you, it may hurt but understand that I am doing this from a position of love because I love you so much. I cannot, I will not allow you to keep going down this road without saying something. Will you say it right every time? No, but we have a responsibility. We have an obligation to do that because love desired, it requires more from us. Your action step, if you're the one that is afraid to do this, take action. Take action. There's a third listener here also. And this is the one that we may not even see. You have been measured up, and you aren't listening. You've had the loved one, the friend, the brother speak to you. And you aren't listening. Your action step today is listen. I'm going to ask the band, or excuse me, the worship team. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on out. We're going to land this plane, and I want to let you know, if you are a first-time guest with us, if you're a first-time visitor with us, uh, not only am I going to ask you to fill out your little Connect card, but the first 10 of you who run, don't walk, run, no, go to our Connect Hub, all right, I have a book for you that I want, I want you to, I want to put in your hands, the first, I've only got 10 copies, okay, so you may want to run because those people just left, so no. No. <laughs> So obnoxious. Getting better, thank you. Progress, not perfection. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I love this book. If you've ever sat with me, more than likely about 80% of the people that come into my office, before they walk out the first or second time, they leave with a copy of this book, You Are Special by Max Licato. And this is the spiel that I give. There are three books that everyone needs to have on their shelf. I'm contractually obligated as a pastor to tell you you need to have a Bible. Second book is this, You Are Special. Third book is Dr. Seuss, so The Place You'll Go. But it's this second book that I think that is so important. Yes, it's a kid's book. Feel free to sit and read it with your kids tonight. If you have a copy of it, you've read it before, you know what I'm talking about. Reread it tonight. The premise of this book is, is that there's a little town, and all the people do is they go around and they place dots and stars on everyone. You get a star because you're good looking, you get a star because you're athletic, you get a star because you're smart. And if you aren't those things, you get dots. So this is all about identity. It's all about finding our identity in Christ. But the other part of this story is someone who took the plank out of their eye so that they could see the speck in their brother's eye. And what they did is they took the time to engage because that character was changed She took the time to invest in someone else's life to take them to the maker so that they could find out who they really are. You need this book. Love requires that I enter into relationship with you, that I learn about you, that I speak truth to you out of love and it may hurt, but if you know that that I love you and I've spent the time to get to know you, when I speak those truths to you, you know that I'm doing it out of love because I want more for you. God wants more for you. With the comfort I have received, it is my responsibility now to share that with others. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1 right there. Last of all, there is a fourth voice. There's a fourth set of ears today on this message. And I know it's a lot of us. And leaving here today, it's who I am asking us to be. We are changed because of Jesus. We do things differently and when I am changed, I cannot help but see and interact with others differently. Love requires it. Love requires the hard things. Love requires the hard times of sitting down with somebody that I don't know about, but I don't get the privilege to measure anybody up and cast them aside. It's not my authority. It's not my job. It's not who I was made to be. My job is to reflect the glory of God, the grace that he has poured into me. I am now a steward of that grace to everybody that comes within my circle. It's okay, amen. Are you changed? Stop measuring folks up. Engage. Let love win. Let love win. Father God, I come to you. I thank you so much for your word. Jesus, I thank you for how you turn all of this upside down. Oh, Father, let me not be one who judges. But let me be one who learns who's willing to remove the plank, who is willing to sit down with a brother and speak truth. And Lord, I know that I may goon it up, but Lord, I just ask that my brother, my sister, the person in my sphere will see that it comes from love with the full intention of pointing them to you who makes all of us whole. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.